Good morning. Hope you're doing fantastic, and I just want to make sure that, can you hear me in the way back? Can you hear me? Oh, good. I just want to make sure you're good. Um, I'll tell you right now, it's, a, it's early November, and this is incredible, right? Last two weeks, 51, 60, uh, 50 degrees and rain, and now we just have acorns, and just, just a few of them, though. That's it. I uh, hope you're doing well. hope you'll grab your Bibles, um, your, 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 whatever you're going to look at. 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start there in just a minute. I've got a couple announcements that I really want to make sure that you're, you are aware of. First and foremost, because it's not going to be 70 degrees for the rest of November, December, January, and February, we are therefore going to move our services to 3 p.m. starting November the 22nd. And there's a lot of things that we've done to go through and ask lots of questions, pulled lots of folks, and just we feel like that that's the best way to get the warmest part of the day and also couple that with our student ministry. There are some changes in student ministry that will take place. So welcome aboard, Matt Trebbing. We need you to make this big change. Um, and so what we're going to do, and you'll get an email, those of you that have uh, students in student ministry, you'll get that email. It's automated. It's coming out at 11 o'clock today. And it'll sort of flesh some things out. But what we will do is we'll have a service from 3 to 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. That'll be a set time. And so we'll be here. If we have to close everything in, and then, and then you'll get um, updates on how we can have and how many people we can have. And, of course, the weather will determine that as well. But we're going to be here 3 to 4 o'clock. Student ministry will then go from 4.30 until 6 o'clock. And everybody will be together. Middle school and high school will be together, okay? The email, again, will sort of flesh that out for you uh, parents of students and give you that. But I want to make sure that you're aware, starting November 22nd, we'll move to 3 p.m. In addition to that, maybe you saw the great video by Miss Lauren Bowman. Hopefully you saw that in the e-news. By some of the looks right now, I'm not seeing that you watched the video. But I want to encourage you to go home and watch the video by Lauren Bowman. What we are doing is we're doing an outreach to foster parents. And I want to read you a couple of things right now that what we're going to do is we're working with the Durham County Social Services. We're going to co collect Christmas-themed baskets to love on and encourage local foster families. And so the collection starts next week, November 15th through November 29th. You'll drop your, your stuff off at the church office during the week or on a Sunday service. And there is a link on the Sign Up Genius that can be found at the church center event under the events page that you can find out all this information. Obviously, what we've done in the past is we have done some things such as um, like Operation Christmas Child. This is what we feel like we are led to do is to reach out to foster families and help them. And so we're going to be working with the Durham County Social Services Center and be able to help them with uh, loving on foster kids this, uh, this season. Okay? Take a look at that. Look at the sign-up genius. Collect some things. Drop them off at the church during those uh, November 15th to the 29th. And let's, uh, again, show the love of Jesus in a real practical way to these kids and families. Okay? All right. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. We're going to jump into... 1 Peter chapter 3 and um, 1 through 7. And uh, let's go, let's, let's pray. God in heaven, I want to thank you for who you are. Lord, you had this beautiful, beautiful plan of putting a husband and a wife together in a monogamous relationship. 
And Lord, sin entered the world. And not only that, it disrupted everything. All relationships are disrupted. And so, Lord, even though we still come together and honor that union that you've placed together, we, we honor the, the definition of that union that you established. We recognize that we are sinners and we need help in order to fulfill our responsibilities in the marriage relationship. So, Lord, I pray that those that are married here today, that, Lord, we would learn something about you, that we'd be challenged in our marriages. Pray for those that are not married, that, God, that this would be a message that would speak to them in a way that would honor you, and that, Lord, you would use this through the power of your Holy Spirit to encourage them in the season that they find their, themselves in. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. You can use this message for anybody here today, and we pray you'll do that. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been learning a lot in our life groups that, uh, of what a disciple is and, and really what does a disciple do. And, and Ryan has really been taking the lead on this, and we have basically been talking about what is a disciple. A disciple is someone who loves, trusts, and obeys Jesus. So a disciple is someone who, let me say it in this order, trusts, loves, and obeys Jesus. So I want you to say those three words with me. A disciple is someone who trusts, loves, and obeys Jesus. And in order to be a disciple maker, then what you are trying to do is you're trying to help other people to, to trust, to love, and to obey Jesus. In Peter is doing just that. He's trying to get us to be a disciple who makes disciples so that we would be a group of people that would trust, love, and obey Jesus. And what we find in 1 Peter is that we need each other to do that. We need each other. We need the community of the faith to be able to do that. I love what it says in 2.13. I'm going to read over at... Um, actually, it's 2.9. This is what Peter said. Peter is talking about him. You're a, you a holy nation, uh, a royal priesthood. And he says, you are people of my possession. Then he says, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. And so, as a married person, as someone who is married, ultimately, our job together is to be missionally unified under that banner that that's what we're trying to do. That you're, you're coming together for the glory of God to declare the marvelous light, the excellencies of the marvelous light, and tell people that you can be rescued out of darkness and into light, and that light is Jesus. And so we want to do that. And, and so Peter goes in and he talks about what it means to be, what it means to be married and, and how we function in the marriage relationship together. Now, I will tell you this right now. Last night, I was struggling big time over trying to figure out how in the world am I going to speak for 20 to 25 minutes about this. And so this morning I got up early and I still was very, un, I was unsettled about this message in terms of how long the message would take. And so I just was, was, was impressed to call a friend of mine. And his name is James Wong. 
And, and let me tell you what, 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 what I feel the Lord has done. The Lord has allowed me, I feel like, to break this message up into two messages. And so this morning we're going to talk about the role or the instructions that God gives to the woman. And then next week we're going to talk about the instructions that God gives to the men. And James Wong is going to help me do that. And I, I tell you that because you need to be here to hear his story. And so he'll be up here with me. We're going to work on that. And so this morning we talked about that. I feel like that that was a leading of the Lord to be able to, um, to, be able to put that piece together. And so I, I'm just going to let you sit and marinate. And I, mean, I can't wait to hear what is going to be said by, by the Lord through James next weekend. And so I hope, hopefully you'll be in prayer for that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about really submission and what the scripture teaches to the, to the ladies. But next week, ladies, the men will have their day and their turn, okay? So, so we're going to jump right in. What we've talked about last week, and even, even in the weeks prior to this, is James, excuse me, Peter is coming down, and he's, Peter is telling them, he's like, hey, listen, I want you out for my sake, and I want you to submit to the government. I want you to pay your taxes. I want you to obey the speed limit, <clears throat> right? I want you to obey the, the, the land of the law, honor the emperor, those things. Then he comes down to now, last week. He says, hey, listen, as someone who is working, I want you to submit. I want you to be a good witness in the place that you work. I want you to honor the person that you're working for, honor your coworkers. And, and we define submission as an attitude of respect that results in obedience to authority and positive good deeds. Say it again. An attitude of respect that results in obedience to authority and positive good deeds. And then this week he says, now we're going to put, play, place this issue of submission in the home. And, I, and then he's going to flesh this out for us. And again, he's going to take a look at it through... Hey, ladies, how can this be done? How can this be a picture? See, every single one of us have a picture of what marriage should be. And there's two things that we can do. We can hold on to the picture and tear the person down. Or we can throw away the picture and we can live together for the glory of God. Because here's what happens. We are sinners. And the more sin you have in your house, the more difficult it is. And so we're all sinners. And so we have to come together and mutually, mutually, first and foremost, submit to the king of all kings. That's the priority. There's, there's no way that we can live out our role that we are instructed to live through the text, through this, unless we first and foremost submit ourselves individually to God himself, a relationship with him. An ongoing filling of him. And, and, and really, what do we have to see? There's really two truths that I, I read in this book this week. And two truths. Marriage has been instituted and defined by God. Number one, marriage has been instituted and defined by God. Another truth is that marriage is to be a reflection of the saving love of God in Jesus Christ. Marriage is to be a reflection of the saving love of Jesus Christ. 
And so here we are in this great dichotomy. Yes, I believe in Jesus. And yes, I want to live for Jesus. And my marriage is to be a picture of the gospel. Well, then, okay, how am I, how am I going to do that? And honestly, it's, Peter doesn't necessarily answer that question, but Paul answers that question. He answers that question in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. And I want to read that to you. I believe that I've placed that in the Worship Center app so you have it right there in front of you. Because I think there's two keys before we jump into what Peter is saying to understand how in the world is this possible for me to live in a marriage that would glorify God. And that's the question you have to ask yourself. What resource is God giving me? What is he going to do in me? What is he going to do through me? What is he telling me to do but how is he going to equip me to do that? Because God would never call us to do something without equipping us. And we can never forget that. So if we take a look at um, sub submission in marriage, we take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 17. It says this, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 21, here it is, submitting to one another out of a reverence for Christ. The key, I believe, to really the text that we're going to look at the next two weeks is really Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and coming down. Because the very next verse, what Paul says is the same thing what Peter says. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your Christ as love your wives as Christ loved the church. But the key right now is number one, the filling of the Holy Spirit, because the God inside us is better than God beside us. He said, Listen, I'm going away. I have to go away. That's what Jesus told him. It's greater that I go away, because when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you to give you the power by which I've commanded you to do, so that what? You can be a disciple who trusts, loves, and obeys Jesus. And this issue of obedience is impossible in the flesh, but it's only possible through the Spirit. So now let's jump in to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. So how are we going to do that? We're going to do that first and foremost through the spirit of the living God. How are we going to do this? We're also going to do it when we mutually, when, when both parties, when husbands and wives mutually and continually submit themselves to the Lord first and foremost so that we can understand our function in the relationship. This relationship has nothing to do with being inferior or one being superior or one being better. It has everything to do with functionality. Because if everybody is in charge, then nobody is in charge. And so let's go ahead and take a look at uh, the context of 1 Peter chapter 3. What's going on? During the Greco-Roman world, women were property. They took on the faith of their husband after the faith of their fathers. So here they come into this Greco-Roman area. This, the gospel's going forth. 
the, the word of God is, is, is all of a sudden going out and people are telling and people are telling and people are giving their, their lives to the Lord. And the context of what's going on right now is that this particular woman in 1 Peter chapter 3 finds herself believing in the beautiful message of the gospel, but her husband does not. And then he goes, here's what I want you to hear. I'm gonna, here's what I want to lead you. Here's what I want to share with you. So Peter, being led by the Holy Spirit, comes to them and says, hey, here's, here's what I want you to see. It's, there was, in the marriage relationship, was pretty much defined as just, um, you are doing this, and I do this, you are to cook and you are to clean, and that is your job. There was no companionship. There was no really, really true relationship. And so Peter comes and he's saying, that's not what God wants. That's not God's design. And so he finds herself, she finds herself in a marriage where the person does not uh, believe and she chooses to believe. And so then that's the context of, it, of this situation. And so, so what, what, do we, what, do we, what do we do? Let's take a look at the text and let's read this. To, let, let me read this. Um, you look at it and follow along and I'll read it. This is uh, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7. Actually, I'm going to stop at 6. Okay, James and I will pick it up at uh, verse 7 next week. Verse 1, it says, Likewise. So just like I talked to you about submission to authority and the government and this, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Let's make sure we understand that's not subject to everybody. That is your husband. That's not all men. That's, that's your husband. Okay? So that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Verse 2. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, verse 3, do not let your adornment be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adornment be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy woman who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So let's take a look at what do we learn in the text right now. First, it starts off with the word likewise. So this is in addition. He's continuing this thought of submission. He also uses your own husband. So this is not, like I said, all men. This is, this is an issue of, hey, I want you to be to be respectful, I want you to submit yourself to your husband. And, and so why, why is in this case so important? What is specific about this case right here? Well, here it is right now. Peter's main purpose is to share with them that I want people to see the excellencies of the marvelous light of King Jesus, and I don't want anybody to miss out on this. And what I want you to do in this relationship is I want you to recognize that actions at times speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. Let me make sure you understand and hear me very clearly. I believe it is a complete lie for someone to say this, well, share the gospel, and when necessary, use words. 
The scripture is completely clear that we are to talk to people about our faith. Go in, make disciples. That's using our words. But also, we use our words and we use our actions. In this situation, what Peter is talking to him about is, hey, listen, here's what I'm encouraging you to do. I want you to understand that your conduct, the way that you are living your life, can be an instrument. This submission that I'm calling you to can be an instrument in your husband coming to faith in King Jesus. And that's what I want. Peter, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is saying, I want your husband to know Christ. I want him to experience Christ. I want him to be a leader to your family. And the way that this is possible is by you, by your actions and what you say and what you don't say and what you do. He goes on to talk about her conduct. Let's take a look at what he says. He says, so that even if some do not obey the word, that's her husband, he does not obey the word, she did, he didn't, that they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. What does that mean? <clears throat> it means don't nag. <laughs> it means, hey, I'm not, I'm not overbearing. I'm not just drilling this down. Um, verse 2, when they see, listen, if I was circling words, I would circle that word right there. I would circle the word see. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, this has absolutely nothing to do that being less or inferior. And that's an opportunity in this situation right here that I want him to know Jesus. You are not to be walked on. That's not what it's saying. It, it's interesting that in the Greco-Roman world, you were to take on the faith of your spouse. Well, here is this woman who's taking on a faith that is different than her spouse. And you know what? Paul, Peter is not saying, he's not telling her He's telling her to, 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 to submit, to live, to trust God, to follow. Again, we go back to the fruit of the Spirit, that, that it's the fruit of the Spirit that this is done. It, listen, um, what else does he say in the text? Um, verse, the next part of the verse, verse 3, it says this, Do not let your adornment be external. Now, I know you're wondering my point if you're looking in, the worship center app, I know the Greek word defines this as, I want you to avoid succumbing to a social media definition of beauty. That's exactly what it says in Greek. Just want you to know that. That's probably a little bit of truth and a little jest there as well, but um, every single social media um, post or whatever it might be, it's all external, isn't it? Family pictures, look at this family. It's all about the external. And what was going on in this culture is the Greco-Roman world, they prided themselves so, so big on, on a jewelry and look at me and look at me and watch me and see me and like me. And it was all external. And what, what, what Peter is suggesting and what Peter is encouraging them is, listen, I don't want you to bow down to that standard because that's not the standard that King Jesus is looking at. What he's looking at is he's looking to see if your heart has been transformed by, by him. That's, that's his plea. And I, I would say that that is one of the most beautiful things that a husband can see 
is when her, his wife or his spouse has been truly transformed by Jesus and it just comes through and in her and, 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 and out of her. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see is when that takes place. So he's, he's, not, he's talking about them. I don't want you to, to, to spend so much time on the external. It's nothing wrong with looking nice and nice clothes and jewelry. There's nothing wrong with that in any way, shape, and form. It's, it's those things that become idolatrous to us, but that's where the focus is. And, and what Peter is trying to get them to understand is, I don't want you to succumb to that. I don't want you to, to, to see that that's what beauty is defined as. That beauty is fleeting as a Lord, but a fear of the Lord lasts forever. And so I think in, even in our culture today, I'll tell you, it's every single social media thing is just look at me that we all, all of us in here, have to be extremely careful for. And what God desires for us to do is not to succumb to that standard, but, 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 but to rise up and say, God, I'm asking you to truly transform my heart. And that's what he's encouraging this, this wife to do is, hey, I, I want your beauty to be adorned on the inside with humility and grace. And that certainly is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. So what, what, um, what does he say? Lastly, what does he say? Lastly, look at verse five, verse five. This is the last thing that we'll talk about um, in terms of uh, the wife. It says this verse, verse five. It's a beautiful verse. I hope you'll highlight this or underline it. it says for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham. And so what happens is this, is that where is her hope? Where is her hope? And it says very clearly, he gives an example of Sarah. And if you remember Sarah, Sarah was very bitter. That's what her name meant, Sarai. It mean, meant bitter. Then the Lord changed her name to Sarah because the Lord had given her children. When the Lord came to her and said, you're going to have children, she's like, are you crazy? I'm this old. And, and, and Sarah was bitter, but the Lord changed her name because why? He did a work on the inside of her. He did a work on the inside of her, and the name changed, designated this tremendous change that was going on in her life. And so here we see in Hebrews 11, and we even see here that she's is an example. She is an example to women, to wives, of who to be like. And, and she is... Um, her hope, again, is not, let's see where her hope is not. Her hope is not in her job. Her hope is not in her appearance. Her hope is not in her children. Her hope is not in her husband or her desire to have a husband or her desire to have a new husband. Okay. You know, it's not any of those things. Where her hope is, is her hope is fixated on the God who is dependable, the one who gives peace that surpasses all understanding the one that who gives hope, the one that is hope. And that's where her hope is placed. And he gives this example of, of Sarah who didn't have hope, but then did have hope. And there was a great transformation that took place and fixated that situation. I, I think one of the things that we have to realize, church, is that in Genesis chapter three, because of the fall, 
It says that men are going to toil against the ground and not have a lot to show for it. That's we're going to work really hard. We're going to say, wow, why can't we get this done? Or why can't we have more time in the day? Why am I not being efficient like I can? That's a curse of the limb. Then women are, are cursed with childbearing. And women are also cursed with wanting to be in charge or to be in the authority where God has established the authority in the home for, through spiritual leadership through the man. And so we have this war that's going on because of sin. Then we have this, this, this Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's there for us, where God the Father says, I want to give you the strength. I want to give you a relationship with me. I'm going to give you my son. He's going to die. He was buried, and he rose again. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so that what? You can be a disciple who trusts, loves, and obeys Jesus even when you don't like the word. Even when you go, wow, that's really difficult for me because you don't know what you're asking me to do. You don't know what he has said to me. I understand. We'll talk about him next week. What I'm asking you to do right now is I want to ask you this question as we close. Dan, you can start coming up right now. Um, I want to ask you this question. As we continue to close and look at what this means is, what would it look like for the next month in your marriage for you to weekly pray with your wife as a couple? What would it look like for the two of you to come together and say, we are going to fight for time to get on our knees, to sit beside the bed, to sit in the, in the den, wherever it might be, and fight for praying together. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you say, well, well, we already do that, Matt. Well, then I just want to encourage you to continue to do that. I, I want to encourage you right now to mutually submit yourself to praying king, to King Jesus about our relationship, about your relationship with your spouse. There's a lot of things that get mixed up. There's a lot of things that get so weighty and just get really difficult. And I just would ask you for the next 30 days to commit yourself over a month to saying we are going to fight to pray together, to encounter God together, and to fight for that time. Because I believe that when you make that commitment, your individual submission, your mutual submission will be equally going vertical so that it won't be so hard going horizontal in terms of submitting to each other into your roles and into our roles. So what does it look like? What would your marriage look like if we just simply prayed together consistently and sought the Lord? Pick a day of the week and just say, Every single Wednesday at this time, we are going to gather together. We're going to invest in each other's heart. And we're going to learn about what does it mean for us to have a relationship that would honor God. Your marriage relationship, our marriage relationships are for the purpose to declare the excellencies, to proclaim the excellencies of the God of light and to ask people and to challenge people and to be used by people to see them and watch God move them from darkness to light. I believe that when we come together in prayer, the submission issue 
will be become front and center. It'd be more palatable. I believe when we submit ourselves to God's Holy Spirit, we recognize that His, His Spirit to, to, to work in us and to lead us to, to have a marriage that would honor Christ would be something that we will be blown away with. I, I would say this right now. If you're struggling right now in your marriage and you're like, Matt, you just don't understand, and you're probably right, I don't. But I would ask you not to stay in the marriage you have but for you to stay in the marriage that you can have. Where we are mutually submitting ourselves to King Jesus so that we will come together for the purpose of declaring how good he is and how there is no one like him. Don't you think our world needs to hear that? Let our marriages do that. Let us do that this week. I love you guys. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you and I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of just being able to dive into the word this morning and talk about marriage and what marriage is and what marriage is not. We recognize, Lord, that we as men, we're not better in any way, shape, and form. Lord, this has nothing to do with superiority or inferiority. It has everything to do with just functionality. And so, Lord, I'm asking you through the power of your spirit that you would give us victories this week in terms of our marriages. I pray that you would burden each and every one of us to over the next month to just spend some intentional time praying together and not just at meals so we love you we thank you use this song to help us encounter you in jesus name i pray amen